We've qualified for the World Cup. Go and compete. Kicks off, brother. Okay, let me think what I'll say. I'll just say, welcome to the podcast. It's Flynn and Dave, and we're going to be discussing the FIFA World Cup semi-final 2014. I'll just go into it, because fuck. <laughs> okay. Hello and welcome. <laughs> you put me off there. All right, okay. I'll stop. All right, let me think. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Flynn, and I'm with Dave tonight. The Germans will beat the shit out of them. It's very hard to beat the Germans. My dad on the 8th of July, 2014. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And today we're going to be reviewing a classic game because we're stuck in quarantine and there's no new football. And we're going to be looking back at the 2014 World Cup semi-final between Brazil and Germany. Uh, So I think we all remember this game. How could you forget? It's probably the most memorable game of our lives, I would say. I have a confession to make. I actually didn't watch this game live. I I GA training. So the first time I watched this game fully wow. was yesterday night. Yeah. Wow. And I came in the door at 6-0. And my dad was sitting down watching it. And I was like, what the fuck is going on? And he's like, well, I fucking told you in the field earlier, you clown. And I was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fucking please his punch with himself. Oh, yeah, delighted. Thinks he's a fucking football pundit now because he got that right, but... Um, yeah, crazy game, and it's weird because I remember the Holland Spain game more fondly. Remember the five one? Oh yeah, yeah. Jeez, yeah, I forgot that was the same was, World Cup. I just thought that was so much fun, and a bit more shocking because um, Spain were like the best team. That was. I thought that was more. Well, actually, no, that's a lie. I, it wasn't more shocking to me, but it was extremely surprising to see Spain, who had won the last. Euros, World Cup, and Euros in a row, and they just got dumped out by Holland, who weren't great and have been no. great for a long time. They were at the end of the cycle, and it was Louis Van Hal who, at the time, was yeah. a washed-up manager who then mm-hmm. went to United. <laughs> Did he go? He got the United job based on that, or was he already going to United? No, based on that, he was done pretty much as a manager. He was at Alkmaar before hmm. that, hmm. and. Then everyone was high on him because he somehow got Robin and Van Persie and all these guys to play good again. And yeah. didn't he, he sub the keeper before the penalty shootout? He, he subbed Simpson, on Tim yeah. Krull. That yeah. was his idea. That was his master like, plan thing. No one had ever really thought of that before. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Sillison went to Barcelona because of it, which was weird as well. Yeah, it was weird. Is Van Hal retired now? He's fully retired now, yeah. All right. Well... Oh, shit, got a little off topic there. But I love no. that. I love that. <laughs> Fuck, I yeah, love that. yeah, he was all right. I mean, of all the bad managers we've had since Ferguson left, he was okay. The most boring football wise, but the most entertaining outside of football wise. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I don't think I even I couldn't dislike Van Hal that much. But God, his United team were horrible, really horrible. Oh, terrible! Yeah, terrible. He bought terrible players to play. Uh, Schneiderlin, Di Maria. He did bring through um, 
Yeah, but Di Maria was good until his house got robbed, so I always let him off. Um, <laughs> Jesus, house must have been robbed pretty quick after he started playing. He played well at the start, and then I think he, his house got robbed in January or February. And then that's it, when I took a nosedive. Because people forget about Di Maria, he didn't want to go to United anyway. Like, he came mm. out in public and said, I don't want to leave Madrid. Stop this from happening. And then he went to United. So he didn't want to be there in the first place. So mm. I always think Di Maria gets a, a raw deal. But, um, yeah, yeah Van Hal. What, what else happened in this World Cup? I was actually looking through the results. Um, pretty boring World Cup. Outside it was of, a bit boring, yeah. Like, outside of the Germany. Because even Germany's results going into it. Um, but, yeah, they barely won any games going into it. I think they... Yeah, like Algeria an extra time. Brazil yeah. already back going into it as well. They won. They beat Chile on penalties. Um, well, yeah, I remember Germany going into it. They were winning maybe by one nil against some minnows, some really small teams, and everyone was like, "Sure, they're no great shakes themselves." Like, and yeah. then once it be, once it was go time, they they goed. Uh, yeah, the knockouts, the knockouts, they turned it on. In the group stages, they uh, they drew with Ghana, two all. Do you remember that? No, I don't. That's like Ghana, uh, when 2010, when Switzerland beat Spain. Yeah. People don't remember that, but like, <laughs> Switzerland oh, yeah, beat the best in the world. Yeah, they won 1 0. Yeah. So Germany's results in going to this world, they beat Portugal 4 0. Portugal with Ronaldo, but I think he was injured going into it. They drew with Ghana to all. Um, uh, Kieran's uh, striker of the year, his brother scored for Ghana and Asamoah Giant. Uh, and then they beat the United States 1 0. Yeah. So they were hard to convince um, No. But. And big game Ronnie only scored one goal in that World Cup as well. So big game Ronaldo, as people call him now. What a spoofer. Anyway. Yeah. So, a Brazil at the time, because it was on uh, in their home country, had a lot of pressure on them coming into this game. Well, actually, I just want to go back because you were saying you you only saw you only saw it coming in the door like you saw it was 6-0. But I was watching it live and I think the feeling that I had and that a lot of people probably had was Maybe after like the fifth goal, you just thought you weren't watching reality. That it felt like this wasn't actually happening. And you were like, what's going on here? It was more confusion than amazement. Like I was amazed after the first few goals. And then after the fifth goal, I was like, this, this can't be happening, can it? And watching, watching the game last night, it was like, one, like the tempo for the first five minutes was really fast people were diving the tackle oh, yeah. it was end to end crazy only and one the, booking though which is mad yeah crazy the whole game um david louise was being like typical david louise he was like upright wing one second then yeah. he was at center half then going up striker it was hilarious but then the first I, the game to me kind of felt dead at the third goal because that's yeah. when you saw the camera panning around and people yeah. crying mm-hmm. um because before this World Cup in general in Brazil, like, the country economically was doing really bad. They, they didn't want it at all. Oh, they were puked. The people were puked that they had to host this while they're dying in the street. Like, they can't build any hospitals or anything. Their infrastructure was really bad. Um, 
anyway, they, they cut funding from hospitals and schools to go in to build the stadiums. And the stadiums yeah. were built by the government who owned a building company. So he basically contracted the arenas for the World Cup and the Olympics to himself. Built yeah. the arenas. Yeah, and the World the Cup. Country, uh, sorry, yeah. the World Cup and the Olympics in like two years. He put himself in, he put the country into debt, basically, mm-hmm. to fund himself. Um, I, read so, I read some crazy stats. 250,000 people were homeless because they knocked down loads of like the shanty houses yeah. um, to build the arenas. And 18 million people were living in poverty in Brazil. And of the 3.3 million tickets um, that were sold for the World Cup, only 400,000 of them were given to Brazilians. which is crazy what a proud day for brazil it's not even like a sixth of the tickets were made available to civilians which is crazy to think about yeah so the whole thing was a fucking disaster but then when the game happened before the game like obviously neymar got injured in the game before it Mm. so before the game david louise is holding like a a neymar jersey up to the crowd and people are going nuts and they're it's like Brazilian pride, it's amazing. And like him and uh, Hulo Cesar, like arm in arm, holding the jersey, like as the anthem is being sung. And you're, you're watching it. And I even watched it last night thinking, man, this crowd are up for it. Yeah. And then it just completely turns. Well, yeah. You know what's mad about it is the way, you know, expected goals. Yeah. Uh, you know what I said? It's like used by like Octa stats and stuff. Where it's like every every old footballer thinks it's rubbish as well, which is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like a way of kind of measuring the likelihood of them scoring a goal, like yeah. if the chance is any good, how close they are to the goal when they shoot or whatever. And yeah. it's generally on a game to game basis, it's not that accurate. But no. overall it's fairly close. I mean, it, it has to be because it's just statistical analysis of games. But uh, in Germany, Brazil, the expected goals for Germany was like 3.1 and mm. expected goals for Brazil was like 1.7, which means they were expected to score two goals and Germany was expected to score three goals. I thought it'd be higher because... Yeah. Because a lot of Germ- it wasn't as if any of Germany's goals were like outside the box. Because how it works is like a shot from the halfway line is like zero point two or something. Yeah. And then as you get closer, it's like I don't know. I think like a shot next to the goal is like two point zero or something like that. Mm. So it's kind of weird. I was only three point five. It's not even every 3.5, goal. Yeah. Because yeah, every goal was basically in the box, which was hilarious. Yeah, but I think it was taking into account that uh, a defender should have stopped it or a goalkeeper should have saved it. And yeah, that's true. It was prob- And these statistics can take into account a team just absolutely crumbling and imploding like under pressure. They can't they can take that into account, which is... I agree. Yeah. Uh, and it also... It's a very an American stat, and it works in American sports because generally they're indoors... Or in yeah. baseball, they're done in places where like the weather isn't going to change too much. Mm-hmm. Whereas football, it could be raining or there could be a bobble on the pitch. Yeah, you don't and know. So, American sports, all American sports, are really high-scoring games. So exactly. they have much, much more data for it to be more like accurate or to mean something. Whereas in soccer, uh, America, one of the things American public hate about soccer is it's low-scoring, but. Mm-hmm. I find that much more exciting. Like, 
I don't dislike basketball, but I find it hard to watch basketball because what it is to me is for, I don't know, an hour. I don't even know how long the games go on. But <laughs> It's 48 minutes. But... All right, 48 minutes. It's like team gets the ball, run up the other end, almost always score. Then the other team gets the ball, run up the other end, almost always score. And it's just trading scores for the whole game. And I guess that's kind of interesting, but it like when there's constant scoring, it's not as exciting to me as where one error or one goal is going to change everything, like in soccer, no, usually. That's fair. And I, I think football in general is a better week-to-week sport because of what you said. Yeah. But a playoff basketball game when like teams, like really good teams are trading baskets or like mm-hmm. one block wins the game is, is pretty, it's pretty fun to watch. Mm. But before we go any further, um, do you want to go through the teams? Yeah. Because this Brazil team, Kieran said it last night, and I forgot how shit it was. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I actually don't think it's that bad, but go on. Uh, okay, Julio Cesar in goal, uh, who yeah. was probably coming towards the end of his peak. He was, but he was still a very good keeper, I think. I think he went to QPR after this. Oh, fuck. Um, yeah. Mike on at right back, he was kind of past his best. He was past it, all right. He was past it in... 2011 when Bale made mincemeat of him. That's true. David Luiz, who was probably the best Brazilian that night, watching it back last it's night. It's amazing because he was somehow the best and the worst player on the field because he was <laughs> trying so hard. Like He really, yeah. really wanted to do something or to make a difference. Yeah. And by trying so hard, he was caught out of position up the field 50 or 60 times like it was it was embarrassing watching him play sometimes and then at other times you're like well he actually is trying to do something and I felt really bad for him that was the only point up to that time where I felt bad for David Luiz rather than laughed at him for being an idiot I felt really bad for him but you know he he brought it on himself in this game I thought he actually played pretty well and I actually didn't think many of the goals were his fault I thought like Dante next to him was just trot and you forget that Thiago Silva was actually missing this game as well yeah Silva and Neymar their two most important players were gone so you know I don't know what they beat them anyway but mm. um, so on, then they had Dante who was terrible he did an interview after uh, <laughs> where he said when he went back to Germany the people of Germany are showing him no respect <laughs> they bring up the game. They bring up this game, and it really hurts me. I can't believe they do this. Yeah. Um, well, Dante and he's not even. Peaked. Yeah, that was his peak. Uh, Marcelo <laughs> left back, who I forgot who pudgy he was. He was oh, pretty yeah. pudgy in that Brazil jersey. Mm. You need a bit of a belly coming. Out. A lot of this Brazilian team looked like boys next to the the German team. Yeah, they uh, looked unprofessional. Yeah. Actually, speaking of that, fucking Ronaldinho getting sent to prison for trying to uh, leave the country with a fake passport. Oh, my God. Did, did you hear about when he left? There was people crying. There when he left the prison? Yeah, there was people crying in the prison when he left because he was just such a nice guy. I heard he was just playing football in the prisons and like scoring 20 goals every break. Yeah, apparently he got on really well with everyone and they just, they you know, just loved him. I'd say he would because in prison the top guys, whoever's in the prison, the shot callers or whatever, and yeah. the guards, they all just, I mean, they live total monotony and emptiness like for years, like decades. 
and yeah. to have fucking Ronaldinho come into prison must just be like, wow, it's Ronaldinho. Right. We are, like, <laughs> no one's going to mess with him. No one's going to you know fuck around with Ronaldinho because no. they're just like, we actually have someone here like a fucking, a true Brazilian legend or whatever. So let's just play football yeah. and enjoy ourselves. I think I told the story about this on the podcast years ago, but no, um, Ronaldinho, uh, the, the Irish boxer, some Irish boxer got like a silver medal in the Olympics and mm-hmm. he was going home to celebrate. And it was the day before the final of the Olympics um, soccer. So it was like Brazil versus like Argentina or something. And he said he was going back to his room at three o'clock celebrating. And he said he met Ronaldinho in the hallway with two Swedish volleyball players, one in either arm, going into his room. Fair play. Ronaldinho, the goal. Look, I mean, people say he wasted his talent. Did, I don't think he did. I think he. I don't think he did either. He fulfilled his, ta- his promise, his potential, and he spent all his time. Maybe he could have been better. He could have been even better. But, I mean, he was the best player in the world. And he was just, you know, having orgies with supermodels every night or whatever. Yeah. In many ways, he's more of a winner than Messi or Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, they all have Ballon d'Ors. I mean, Messi and Ronaldo have, like, five or six. But Ronaldinho has a Ballon d'Or as well. Yeah. What's one Ballon d'Or? What's five Ballon d'Ors and you have one? Like, mm. I don't know. Um, Fernandinho and Luis Gustavo in midfield. Mm. They were pretty bad. They were bad. Um, I'm just looking at the whole team and I'm thinking they're not like cast-offs or terrible players. All these players were playing at this time were playing for top teams other than maybe Julio Cesar. Uh, oh, I, and, don't know. I don't know about that. Uh, Who was Dante playing for? Bayern Munich. Was he? Yeah. Oh, right, okay. Um, well, well, yeah, Hulk, don't think he was at any major club. Okay, fine. They weren't at super Barnard. big clubs. I think I mean, he was at like, Shakhtar, Shakhtar Donetsk. Yeah, he looked like a little boy in this game. Was he was terrible. I thought yeah. he was the worst player on the field. I think so. Uh, well, him and Hulk were both pretty bad. Hulk was just... People used to think he was muscular. He was just fat. He was he was the fat. He was the fat kid on the playground that, like... Mm. He was never going to be good. Well, I mean, at least he was not the puny kid on the playground like Bernard who just got shoved around and like ran into Neuer and just bounced off him. It was, yeah, that's... yeah, embarrassing watching Bernard play. And he was like, it was like he was crying. It was like he had tears in his eyes while he was playing. Yeah, he was pretty bad. Uh, Oscar behind Fred. Oscar was bad until the goal. He got a nice goal at the end, but he was pretty bad. Mm. Fred... Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. In the, in the stream, I was watching Fred um, when Charles scores his first goal. Uh, the commentator goes, "Oh, and now the Brazilian fans are booing the jerk." Oh no, wait! They're actually booing Fred as he goes <laughs> off the field. Yeah, he. I mean, his life was ruined by this game more than anyone. I think he never he had to leave Brazil. Yeah, he never played for Brazil again, and he had to leave the country. Yeah. And he he was not bad for them. He was. Uh, okay. Uh, he, for I mean, not in this game. In this game, he was awful. But yeah, like, yeah. I'm looking at his record for Brazil, and he had 18 goals in 39 appearances. So he had a goal every two games, which is like for a top team like Brazil. Yeah. That's a top. That's a good return. He was a striker for two years, and I remember even they played England in a friendly, and he scored. 
And like the, all the ITV pundits were like, wow, Fred, this guy, he just knows how to play as a striker, yeah. hold up the ball, get in behind. I know. Um, He's a bit like every so often there's an England player, an England striker comes along and they're like, they should be giving a chance to this fella instead of sticking with, you know, the old guard who are just there based on reputation. Well, that's what Fred was from Brazil. Yeah. He was a guy yeah. who wasn't there based on reputation or glamour. He was there because he was doing the business and he was producing, you know, when they needed it. And yeah. he's like a hard-working striker, striker. And, oh, uh, I agree. And this is what happened to him. On the Brazilian bench, Danny Alves was a sub. I'm assuming he was injured. He's like, I can't even remember. I would assume so because... Even then, Danny Alves was world-class. Probably the best right-back in the world. So, And Mike yeah. Gunn was old. Uh, the Germany team, Neuer, Lamb, Boateng, Hummels, and uh, Benedict Oedes, who was the, the most Sunday league left-back I've ever seen on a, pre- on a professional yeah. field. Mm. <laughs> he was like a fourth. He was like a third centre-back. He didn't get forward at all. Every time he got the ball, he just lumped it. I remember I was watching highlights before uh, doing this and I just saw him show up and I'm like, who the fuck is this guy again? I can't remember, even remember his name. Like, oh, yeah. how it is. But yeah, I don't know what he was doing at left back. He he played the whole game. So <laughs> good for him. Yeah, he did something right. Uh, Kadira, Schweinsteiger. Uh, Schweinsteiger was birded. And Kadira, I forgot how athletic Kadira was. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a workhorse. Yeah, he was I, he he was a good player. Um, Muller was unbelievable. It was weird seeing him play right wing mm-hmm. and actually dribbling past people. But man, you'd forget actually how good he was. He he's a unique he, player. He's very yeah. unusual. I, like there's no one in the past twenty years that I could compare Muller to at all. Like he's no. like a slow, kind of lanky, uh, like not super athletic. Uh, and he's not like a fast, tricky winger and he's not a striker and he's not an attacking midfielder, but he's just up there and doing mm. everything right and just killing people. I think he's a great player, amazing player. I read an interview um, about, you know, when they give like FIFA players ratings. Yeah. They said Thomas Muller is the most difficult fella to make because <laughs> he's, he's not fast. Yeah. He's not like an incredibly good finisher. Like mm-hmm. everything he, everything he's good at is like intelligence, but you can't make a player intelligent in FIFA. It's how you control them. Yeah. Um, actually, in terms of play style, he does remind me a little bit of a Wobi, but a Wobi is an idiot. A Wobi is what Muller what? would be. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Muller, Muller is like a, like a really clever a He's like an a that got the crayon taken out of his nose or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Possibly, yeah. So Wobi's Homer Simpson. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's not I bad. mean, if he had just a little bit more intelligence, he'd be like more. A lot more intelligence. Yeah. Okay. I a think lot. you're underselling Mulder. <laughs> uh, Cruz was an attacking midfielder, which was kind of weird considering he's been a defensive midfielder from Madrid for so long. Uh, oh, deep line playmaker. Otso was relatively quiet. I think he set up a goal. He was. I remember because since he's an Arsenal player, I had to you know, Mark Firm. And he was really disappointing. He was the most disappointing German player, I thought. Yeah, on the, on the field. He missed a big uh, chance at the end to make it eight as well. Yeah. Should have been eight. Just to, 
just to rub the salt in. And uh, Closer was up top. And I mean, it's good that he beat Ronaldo's record, but does he really deserve to beat Ronaldo's record? You know, I know. It would be nice if Ronaldo kept that. I don't know. I know. It's a bit weird because it's his only real achievement, but it's an incredible achievement. To score a few goals in the World Cup, like more than a handful, is a great achievement. And to do it over like generations, because it was over generations, uh, yeah. I, <laughs> it's the highest level, you would think, of football. The hardest thing to do, score goals at the World Cup. Yeah. And he's done it more than anyone. And I still don't think of him as a great player. No, I don't either. He played in... He actually played in less World Cups than Ronaldo, too. Hmm. Played in 2002, 2006, 2010, 2014. Ronaldo technically played in 90... I think he played in 94, 98. Um, Did he play in 94? I think he was in the Brazil squad, but I don't think he actually played. Okay. Um, yeah, but he scored. Played in 98, 2002... Uh, 2006, 2010. Hmm. So, um, yeah, and then the Brazil, the Germany bench is pretty bad. No, they might have been good at the time, and that's kind of the hard thing about looking back at these games, is that you kind of think of the players overall, and you kind of forget that they might have been good for a period of time. I know. But, like, the best players are, like, Schurla, Podolski, Podolski. Podolski's another one, like, Klose, who was great for them internationally and in big games and at club level it was just kind of meh. Bang average, yeah. Uh, Mert Zacher came on. I forgot, I actually completely forgot about Mert Zacher until I saw that. Oh, there and, you go. Uh, World Cup winner. Arsenal at the time had so many World Cup winners. Yeah, it was hilarious. Yeah, Podolski. <laughs> um, yeah, he three Germans. That's fucking nuts. Podolski, Ozil, Mert Zacher and is there some else? Oh no, that's the same as Daffy as a World Cup. He didn't play. He played the final, I think. I think he played the final. Oh, okay. Well, he wasn't in the squad that day. Um, I think. I think he played the final. uh, He played the final and came off injured with a concussion. I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I think he did. I I might be thinking of Christoph Kramer. That was Kramer. Yeah, he broke his. Didn't he break his ass or something? (laughs) Or was that a different game? Ass. I think Christoph Kramer broke his, his ass or something. It, maybe that was a different game. There was okay. something about Christoph Kramer and he broke he broke his, some bone in his ass or something. I don't know. Um, yeah, so there are the teams. Uh, the goals. Like, none of them are really great. Charlotte's last one was kind of good, but none of them were kind of... None of them were great goals, no. No. Um, the game itself was pretty boring after half an hour yeah I mean it's the game of the decade but it wasn't a great game it was just for what it was yeah the fucking the moment um, shout out to the, like the FIFA television production crew because you know for like years like they were kind of famous for like picking out hot women in the crowd yeah <laughs> In this game, they played it perfectly. They they must have found every crying kid, yeah, and every oh. crying. <laughs> it was Jesus. It was brutal. It was horrendous. It was amazing. The tears flowing out around three nil were, were amazing. People screaming, I, screaming into the air, like into the night sky. Yeah, it's Jesus. amazing. 
it was it was a weird game overall. Um, I didn't even feel like anyone in the Germany team played that amazingly. No, like, well, I, I thought Neuer was brilliant. Did he, did he make any saves, though? He made a few saves. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is that Brazil had a couple chances where Neuer bailed out Germany. And I This mean, cannot make sense. I'm looking at the stats now. Brazil had 18 shots. Yeah. I they, did, they, had well, more maybe, shots, they had more shots than Germany. Yeah, 8 on target. Germany had 14 shots, 10 on target. Mm. Jesus. Yeah, I I, maybe just watching it it's back a, or what? That's what I'm saying about those stats, the expected goals. It's a, like a total anomaly. Like that, on another day, that game is 3-2 or 2-1 or something. Yeah. And you know what I was thinking last night as well, watching it? Like every, we, at the time, we all said, man, this is a great Germany team. Well, they were. At, I don't know. Like, I think they were. They were all yeah. very good players who came into their own at the right time. And had yeah, a good true. manager who knew how to use them. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if if you look at them, I think Kroos, Ozil, Muller, Schweinsteiger, Hummels, Boateng, Lamb and Neuer are all in conversation for the best in their position of the past 15, 20 years. No, you're right. You are right, actually. I, I suppose I was just thinking in the way they actually performed in this World Cup. Oh, they just got we, the job done, yeah. Yeah, they just got the job done. And then it going into the next World Cup, we all just thought Germany were going to win it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then when South really, Korea dump them out. Yeah. The, weird. That Germany team is weird. Because they were still young. They were still young at that time. They weren't, you know. But I think a lot of those Brazilian players, okay, not a lot of them. Marcelo, actually. Okay, you know, I just said something really stupid there. I was about to say you could say the same about some Brazilians. But really, only Marcelo and maybe Maicon were the best in their position at some point. The rest of them were like decent top-level players. I wouldn't even say a lot of them were decent top-level players, but yeah, you're probably right. Yeah, well, oh, that eleven, yeah. I mean, it's a be- mm, yeah. And ne- Neymar, of course, wasn't playing. But you, you said you think Neymar is overrated. I said he's underrated. Kieran said he's oh, overrated. Oh, okay. Because I think he's almost underrated as well. I think pre-PSG, he was on the rise to being, not Messi and Ronaldo level, because obviously no one is Messi or Ronaldo level, mm-hmm. but like Zidane, Iniesta, yeah. Kaka, like Ballon d'Or level. And for what he was doing for Brazil, I wouldn't say he's at Messi-Ronaldo level, but if he, if he was performing the way he was for them, and yeah. if he had brought them to the World Cup final, or won the World Cup, I mean, he'd be in conversation for best player in the world, definitely. At that time, 100%. Because even this World Cup, Messi kind of struggled with that Argentina team. And that that Argentina team was pretty pretty good. Um, I know they got to the final, but they kind of struggled to get there. It Mm. was basically Messi bailing them out every single game. He did bail them out a lot. Which drives me nuts when people talk about the Messi Ronaldo debate. That well, big game Ronnie. When like people forget Ronaldo in the Euros, he didn't even play in the final. He got taken off in the first couple of minutes. And mm. for Real Madrid, people just completely forget he played Ramos, Madro, Modric, Cruz, yeah. Moran, Benzema, <laughs> Bale. <laughs> mm. 
it's like people pretend that Ronaldo played with complete scrubs his entire career. Like yeah. the United team he played in was probably one of the best United teams ever. Yeah, definitely. I, don't know. I think it was better than the treble. Some people say that, yeah. I wouldn't say so because I, I still think three trophies is better than two, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, Messi, I mean, not Messi, Ronaldo, Tevez, Rooney up front is a decent attack. It's pretty good, but I actually looked back at the stats a couple months back and I said it to you because people, you know, they were making those like Liverpool United 11s. Mm-hmm. But Dwight York contributed like to nearly 30 goals that season. Right. Which is more than what Salah and Mane were going to do this year. Uh, David Beckham had like numbers that were pretty much the same as De Bruyne. Um, right. Scholes, Scholes had like ten goals, ten assists, something like that. Crazy numbers. But um, yeah, I just think in general we kind of don't look back at that United team as good as it was. No. I think like I think uh, Cole and York had more goals than like Salah, Firmino, and Man. It would have got. Mm. Well, when I think of that United team, actually, what I think of is them in that big, terrible stadium in Russia uh, mm. in the penalty shootout, which seemed to go on forever in a pretty oh, poor so game. Amazed. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, I feel like that's the moment between like old and new football for me. Like, There's no set defining criteria, but it's just like the size of the jerseys, the haircuts, and just the kind of atmosphere. I think of it as the past and everything after that I think of as current I know it's kind of weird no I, I get what you're saying I think for me Euro 2004 is right mm. because it was just before Ronaldo playing it but it was just before Messi and Ronaldo started getting good yeah Greece yeah. won it I think Zidane yeah. Perez all that all those players were playing then and they were quite at the end then mm. I know they got mm. to a World Cup two years later, but to me, I, I get what you're saying, but to me, I think 2004, for me anyway, is that kind of thing where it's like old football versus yeah. new football. But um, mm. this game is kind of hard to talk about because the game itself was kind of over after 30 minutes. Like, There's no highlights or flashpoints. It's, it's everything it, around it is that's interesting. It's just a big collective trauma for the people of Brazil, and they'll never get over it. They, you no. can never, even if they had the World Cup in Brazil again and they beat Germany in the World Cup and won the World Cup, it still happened. Like, you can't. I mean, no. The most um, shocking game of football that I missed for a Barry Row hurling training. I'd say, I'd even <laughs> go so far as to say it's the greatest humiliation for any country that didn't involve war. Ooh. that didn't involve like fighting or shooting or anything like that it just the biggest embarrassment for any in country s- in sport or just in general in general wow can you think of anything <laughs> america have probably done something they've probably done something all right they've probably done something but it probably involved like oil and shooting or something yeah, it is probably based on war. Mm, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. It's a, yeah. it's a, it's a hot take. It's a boiling hot take. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole world was watching them in their sport, in their home, 
Uh, is there a religion more than a sport? And it it destroyed the country. It basically drove them further into poverty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And because it's their religion, it'd be like uh, Catholics, like if Jesus just got spanked or something, and they were like, "Oh no!" <laughs> it was like that collective, like, "Oh my God!" What if Jesus did like a, a Muhammad Ali. I'm going to come back on the seventh day, on yeah. Easter Sunday, and then just didn't rise. <laughs> Jesus, if they went to the tomb and Jesus was lying there dead, like, he's just, uh, it was all he's bullshit. Just, he's just rotting, and he's all shit. <laughs> in fact, it's even worse than that, because they could keep it to themselves in. Like, no one has yeah. to know. They could just say, oh, yeah, he went, he, he walked out there. This happened on TV, and there's records of it forever. Yeah, like you could just pretend, yeah, that Jesus guy, he wasn't legit. We didn't believe him. Yeah, yeah. Um, any final thoughts? Fair play to Brazil for keeping going and scoring a goal. The power of perseverance. <laughs> I mean, they got something. Yeah, uh, Oscar's face when he scored that goal was just like... And Germany like were pissed off. They were really annoyed. Yeah, they were really annoyed. Um, it's almost like they shouldn't have scored. 7-0 would have been a bit cooler than 7-1. Yeah. Or maybe the one makes it like more lonely and depressing that they actually scored a goal. Do you remember when um, news broadcasts were like the ticker at the bottom where they would show news? I remember the news saying, um, uh, like showing the score and saying like Brazil won, Germany 7, and they had to put in brackets next to it 7, like spelled out in English. Oh, in well. case in case people thought it was a, a misprint or something. That's mad. Yeah. And then the final was just super boring. Um, were you, did you watch it with me? Yeah. Oh, we, we missed the first half. We were in the car heading up to yeah. Cork to Max's house. And Mike's place, yeah. Yeah. And it went extra time. Mm-hmm. And it was super boring. Yeah, and we went out that night and got drunk. Yeah, remember Mike <laughs> missed the goal because he went to go. To, he went to the fridge, and he missed the only goal. <laughs> One hundred twenty minutes of football. Ah, Mike, undone by the yeah. fridge. Um, before we finish up, I have two things I want to talk about. Okay. One, can anyone tell me why Sky Sports are still charging people ninety euro a month for Zoom calls? It just seems like everything on Sky right now is like what? Zoom calls. Oh right, okay, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, what is up? Uh, what is up with that? Look, they have nothing else they can do. The, their only other option is to show darts from like nineteen seventy one or something. Did you hear someone got knocked out of the darts? Um, I don't know, was it the World Championships or something? I don't know. By a woman? Because his, no, but, um, because his Wi-Fi wasn't good enough. So they're making everyone play darts at home. To, for like some darts tournament and this guy who's one two he's like some scottish dude uh got knocked out because his wi-fi connection wasn't good enough to broadcast wow yeah pretty crazy wave of the future there was uh darts recently the world championship where like for the first time a woman beat a man in like the full-on competitive game uh yeah. i think i think she beat multiple men i can't remember her name but yeah uh I mean, darts is a pretty lad culture centric yeah. kind of world. Fair play to her. Something I never got into darts. Look, 
no one likes darts. They just like, you know. That's something that Sky deserve a bit of credit for, is turning darts into what it is, which is like a big spectator sport worth That's a true. lot of money. I mean, they took the most stupid game, lads throwing yeah. fucking pins at the wall. And yeah. Like in the pub. It was a pub game. And they mm-hmm. turned it into this like glamorous WWE style thing. It's amazing what you can, how far you can get by giving people entrance music. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they basically turned it into WWE. I now that you think about it, it's actually hitting me home now. Yeah, they have entrances. They'd come out with women. They'd play wear flashy shirts. Characters. They have to have characters. Everyone. Yeah, I never thought of that. They all have like, a nickname. The power. Yeah. Phil the power tater. I don't know the rest of them, but I know Snake Bite, the guy with the the colors mohawk and stuff. Oh, I forgot him. Yeah. Yeah. And then there are really boring lads like who are just, you know, like they just have no personality whatsoever, and they have to go really far to try to make them interesting. Give them names like the Titan, and make them walk out to like the rude sandstorm or something with like yeah. naked women. <laughs> and you can always tell it's not songs they don't listen to themselves. You can tell oh, they gosh. all listen to like, I don't know, like johnny cash and then some weird 80s pop music or something <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like they don't listen to like i got the power and stuff like that oh i know so yeah sky sports the fact people aren't canceling their subscriptions even though it's gary neville and jamie redknapp on like 30 minute zoom calls talking about economics which who wants to hear about them talk about that or jamie Carragher picking his best 11 of players that haven't played for the same club and it's just i don't know my I body. mean, now was the time to cancel your uh, satellite TV subscription. Really, if if you haven't done it by now, you probably aren't going to do it. Though you just have it. You know? Yeah, it's a fair point. I don't know. I just find it bizarre. Uh, second thing, we have a little bit of time, but I still haven't finished Godfather Two. Remember, I watched it like I told For you I was going to watch it like a week ago. Yeah, I just find that movie so boring, and I don't know why. <sighs> well. I can kind of understand because uh, the whole two timelines thing is a bit weird, mm. uh, and a lot of, when it came out, a lot of people were very confused by that. They were like, "What's this about? Like, why are you even showing us two storylines that don't even seem to connect at all? They don't. There doesn't seem to be much relationship between them." Um, I like it. I don't know what to tell you, Dave. I think it's a great movie. Great acting, great characters, drama. I just, I think that about Godfather 1, but I don't think about it for Godfather 2. I think that De Niro's kind of boring up until the point he shoots the, the Don. Yeah, he won the Oscar. I don't think it's that great. I mean, he's no. had much better performances. I think that's kind of boring. You, well, I think... Sorry, go on. I, yeah, I think Michael Corleone is still... Obviously, it's Pacino at his best. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I don't know, it just seems to lose a lot of its charm that was there in Godfather 1. I will say it's missing a couple of things. One is Brando, obviously, the Godfather. Yeah. He's not in the Godfather. But it was a big deal that De Niro, who's not a star at the time, he was not famous at the time, really. He was in a couple of small kind of indie movies, popular indie yeah. movies. But when he was cast to be young Marilyn Brando, as a young up and coming actor, it was like a big passing the torch moment mm. that it's like, this is now the new Brando and mm. everyone's like, Oh wow. And they actually lived up to it, which is amazing. 
it's very rare to get moments where it's really clear that there's a passing of the torch going on uh, other than like boxing where like they literally fight yeah. but like yeah, in but- acting or whatever you wouldn't say oh the new Spielberg there's no moment where like Spielberg says okay you're the new Spielberg to some director but this we was really a moment this was a moment where it was like this is the new Brando yeah, may, maybe it was. Maybe I did pick up on that. But I don't know. I just find it boring. I got to the part, the, the intermission part, and I haven't watched it in a week. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about Godfather 2. I just can't finish it. I don't know why. Give Godfather 3 a watch, so. Yeah, I, I'm afraid to watch that. I actually watched Donnie Brasco the other day, and that's an incredibly boring movie. I don't get it. I didn't think it was that good. It, it's like half good, half bad. Half is really good, and then half is like a TV Emmerdale movie. And Pretty much, they could have done so much more with those characters. Like, a, it's such a really no. interesting story, but so much of it, they're just sitting in bars, and it's like, "Hey, Donnie, you, you a rat?" And it's like, "What me? No way!" It's like, "Okay, forget about." It. I was never really a fan of Johnny Depp, anyway. But I didn't. I wasn't either. I thought he was good in this, though. So. He was all right. I just, I just feel like when he's acting, there's no personality in him at all. I don't know why. Wow, I've never heard someone say that before. In if that anything, movie, anyway. Yeah, if anything, people say he's too much of a personality. Maybe just that movie, he had very little personality, but I, I don't know. I don't get why people thought that was a good movie at all. I thought it was boring. And Pacino's just this loser. I thought that was kind of interesting that Pacino was playing like a small-time loser rather than yeah, Scarface. Maybe so. No, Could you imagine good. if The Rock all of a sudden just became a complete loser in the next movie he did? Wouldn't, <laughs> it, be so, wouldn't it be like so jarring? Yeah, it would. Well, sure. I mean, Pacino has played so many gangsters. Uh, he's just covered every type of gangster from the Godfather, Scarface, Carlito's way, and he might as well have just played a total loser at some point. Just to yeah, round it out. And one other movie thing I watched, uh, Contagion, the other night. I actually haven't seen it. It is kind of accurate to what's happening now. It's obviously the numbers are way out of scale. Yeah. Um, and obviously we haven't had anarchy rules and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But it's a movie with a huge cast and it's just time passes. Nothing happens to it. <laughs> like there's no like, oh, Jude Law is actually going to find the cure for the virus or right. actually Matt Damon's going Matt Damon's going to do something to save it or Lawrence Fishburne or... Um, oh, so it's it's a bit like a day in the life of these characters, is it? Or... Basically, it's just basically them living their lives during it. And when they get the, the cure for the virus, it's not even a big part of the movie. It's Spoilers. like in a montage. <laughs> well, yeah. But I don't know. Terrible movie. And it's like really highly rated on Netflix. It's, don't, don't watch it. It's true. Don't watch it. Mm. I like that director, though. But I, I won't get into it right now. We'll be talking for another hour. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I got to go and make dinner. So. <laughs> I forget you're on such a different time zone. Yeah, it's like half six now. It's weird. And yeah, it's half 11 for you. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right, we'll, we'll wrap it up there. A great discussion about Brazil's humiliation, the greatest humiliation by any country ever outside of war. And Said by Flit. <laughs> and a bit on Godfather too. Anyway, uh, that's our lot for this week. We'll be back with you again soon on the podcast with a regular edition, maybe. So Maybe, why not? Yeah, we'll see you next time on the podcast. See you, Flynn. See you. You've been listening to the Put Them Under Pressure podcast. To keep up to date with all of our content, give us a follow on Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook.
outro music. Boom. That was good. That was good, yeah. Yeah. Was good. Uh, oh my. We'll prepare and we'll go and we'll do our best. We'll put them under pressure.